Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name is Panos and I'm joined by my good brother, co-host, Luke Badman. How are you, bro? Good, man. Um, Big daddy. Yeah. Congratulations. Big daddy in the house. Thank you. Thank you. Very lucky. Very, very happy. Uh, so if anyone doesn't know, um, we had a little baby girl, Mia, uh, three weeks ago, yesterday so she's three weeks and one day old very healthy uh sleeps well eats well mum mum's recovering well um couldn't be happier god bless you guys man yeah very very happy to hear thanks Bran. we're very 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 happy and um i'm absolutely in love so it's very cool yeah what a feeling you can't explain it no i was saying that to my um my mum the other day, I was like, you can't, it's, it's, you get it's so cliche to say too, mm. you know, to think that there's words to describe it. Is well, it's cliche dying. to say, you know, like, oh yeah, these guys again saying, you know, dad saying, you just can't explain the feeling. <laughs> just can't explain well, it. Well, yeah, it's true, man. It's a full on feeling. Yeah. And it's not something that, um, it can be put in words. It's the most amazing thing mm. in the world. So I'm very, very happy that everything's gone well. Everyone says she looks like me, uh, like a that. darker version of me, because mm. you know Rachel's Cambodian. Um, which, and I was reading about this, and now someone was somewhere on the you know on the internet they were saying like the baby, the newborn, often looks like the dad, and the like the uh, what's the word evolutionary theory is that like it's so the dad doesn't kill it or run yeah. away. Yeah, it's true. Yep, yeah. I've heard, I heard the same thing, and and I believe it to be true because my niece was born looking, you know, just like my brother, but sort of around now, around the sort of 10, 11 month mark. Yeah. She started to look a lot more like her mum. But when she came out, I was just like, oh my God, it was like looking at my, because I was six when he was born. It was like looking at him, him as a baby all over again. That's crazy. Yeah. So cool. Isn't that yep. amazing, huh? So, yeah. And I wonder I was, what dogs think about their own children and when they see of them. Their children? Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say Shadow's been adjusting well. Um, for anyone who's listening, has children thinking about having children, um, and has a dog, I can't highly recommend crate training enough to you. I think it's been, give us a bit of a, um, we weren't going to talk about this, but it's very important Mm. to talk about how has it been the last few weeks managing dog, managing, you know, all the new activities of being a father and and everything's changed at home and how has having a dog been awesome and also being a hindrance okay anyway yeah for sure so uh we'll start with you know shadow he when he met her like he it was really cool i filmed it it's on my instagram if you want to watch it um that was amazing he seems very very um happy that she's here like i can just tell like he's very interested in her in a good way he's very respectful of her um physically so he's never once tried to lick her even though like he'll he'll lick me i, I accept it I, I don't really care licks me licks rach 
he's never ever once tried to lick her. He'll he'll sniff her. He'll come up really close, and I'll let him do that. Um, but he's never tried to sort of do anything else. Um, I would say the first few days it was a little bit hard to find all the time that I would usually give him. You know, like I probably put. I mean, we go to the park for pretty much an hour a day, you know, to do our stuff. So that's a walk and training and play and whatnot. Um, so there was probably a few days there where that was a bit hard, especially when Rachel was in hospital and then when he came home. So, you know, there was a few few late night um, walks in place of the- You can join the club, bro. Yeah, in place of the usual park. I mean, late night at the moment is 5 p.m. because of the sun going down at, at 5. The worst. Um, but in terms of what I was saying earlier, like um, in terms of the crate, I think number one, I've seen Shadow choose to go into the crate a lot more because there's a lot happening in the living room now. Um, the vibes you know, changed. For yeah, sure. the vibes changed. And I would say like he has a, like a fluffy sort of bed thing and he has a crate. And up until Mia was born, it was relatively rare. I could probably count on one hand the number of times he would usually he would choose the crate as somewhere to rest. Yeah. It was always his bed. Whereas now I'm finding he's choosing the crate a lot more. So whether that's I mean, I'm not gonna put any words in his mouth, but I would like to think that that's because we've set it up in a way that he really likes being in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's choosing that as his own little spot to do. And no one ever tells him to move off it. No one ever gets in his way. No, exactly. It's his space. Yeah, I, never, where I don't like touch him when he's in there. No one, no one's allowed to touch him when he's in there. It's his spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there's just countless times when things are getting delivered, or like we just need him just a little bit out of the way. Shadow in the crate, right? Reliable every time. Does it? No complaints. Usually just chills out, goes to sleep. Right, it's just it's What's just like in the yard as well these days. Yeah, he's fine. Drop I give him the yard, no dramas. Yeah, no he's noise. all good. He's all. He's good. been noisy when he was a puppy. Yeah, he doesn't do it now. Yeah, good. Yeah, he does guard bark the front of the house, like if he sees his uh, postie or whatever coming. And again, that's what I use the crate for. As soon as I, I just send him to the crate. And as soon Where as you're at as there, well, you're hardly getting anyone walking past your house because it goes down a long driveway. Yeah, which is pretty lucky as well. A postie yeah. once a day. It's all good. Yeah, Gives, it's good. could be a lot worse. It keeps him fulfilled, huh? Mm-hmm. I've got that one guy to tell him to piss off and we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, a few things I want to say about that is, number one, everyone's going to ask you, oh, my God, how shadow with the baby? And your mm-hmm. answer is like, she's a jelly bean. Nothing's happening. There could, what could, I know things could go wrong, obviously. Yeah. But like in a general 99.9% of a situation is that, Unless you're chucking a baby on top of your dog or your dog's completely out of control and like getting access to your baby and you're leaving him unsupervised, nothing can happen. <laughs> she's in a sleeping position. She's on mum or you're holding her. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you're doing, could you, uh, could you, you couldn't even do tummy time now, right? She's so no, small. yeah, we do it. Yeah, she tummy time, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That- not like, um, uh, not like me. Or me horizontal on my, you know, on my chest or not, not her on the ground, but like, I'll sort of like on your chest I'll, and you lean yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I lean sure. back a touch. So there's very little effort. But it's like, not like you're putting you know, on the that, floor yet, no, strengthening no. the neck muscles. That's not happening yet. So no. she's you know, pretty much upright when she's yeah. doing it, facing me. So yeah. Like, yeah. And, and what could happen, right? It's what things can start happening is when, when, when Bub starts crawling and running and screaming. Mm. And, um, you know, 
then all the other things that could happen in childhood. So um, as long as, you know, and we did an episode about this ages ago. I think it was like episode nine, I think, because, you know, having Leonardo was, was it fresh. the one bringing the baby home, that Babies one? Babies and dogs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, that, that, that advice still goes on. Um, if there's anything we could add to that, I'm sure you'd be thinking about it while it's fresh in your mind. But number one thing is dogs are never allowed on the play mat. And babies are not allowed on dog beds. That's yeah. like the everyone stays in their in their lane, you know. Respect yeah. the space of each other. Exactly, hundred percent supervision until the age of six, seven years old, sort of thing. Um, and of course, dog dependent, child dependent, everything else like that. But um, I think even I was about to say, like, I honestly don't think Shadow has it in him to ever do anything. Show aggression, but for I, sure. Yeah, but I would never. Uh, even even thinking that, I would never leave a child with any child with any. Well, a dog, dog can step on a baby. Exactly, you know, scratch an eye. Only, an eye totally out, unintentional. You know? So it's just and the also, same way you wouldn't leave a dog. Uh, sorry, a baby next to a pool unsupervised. Like it's the same thing, you know. And also, your understanding of shadow, and I kind of know you do hang out with some children, but like maybe not. A baby that's under eighteen mm. months old mm-hmm. is that you haven't seen him first of all much in that sort of situation and inside of his own home. So and also when he's injured or sick, you yep. know. So as much as and and I and I know you know this, but for all the listeners out there, when we have this like, oh, I don't see my dog being aggressive for sure in the context of what you do- what what you know of your dog. Mm. Um, and I think it's always important. Yeah. And to- that's that's like that's why they're called accidents because no one sees them coming. So things happen. Well, like, so for example, when I came home one day and I walked into the house, Tanya was in the kitchen. I'm not outing Tanya, but she was in the kitchen. Baby gate was up and I saw Leonardo cause he was crawling at the time on Nookie's bed and Nookie's wide eyed going, Oh, I like, what do I have to do with this? I have to deal right. with this. What's happening. Right. I've just walked in. I'm like, what is happening? Whoa. I pick up Leonardo and then I'm like, Hey Tanya, what the hell? And X, Y, and Z. And she obviously ducked in there for literally, she was probably yeah, there for 12 seconds. Yeah. She's probably like, you came in at the wrong time. Um, but she's like, I can't supervise everyone. And I'm like, all the time. And I'm like, totally get it. Hence why we have a backyard and in your situation, the crate. So mm. even for 12 seconds, baby crawls on Nookie. Nookie gets sore. She goes for a little, you know, just a natural normal bite to like get off me. And now your baby has holes in its face. So mm. situations happen, could have even happened in my house. I'm saying this to everybody now is because- Everyone makes mistakes. People always forget we're human. We haven't. And also, why the stress? Because people are waking up every bloody three hours. Regardless, you're not getting a solid, normal eight hours sleep mm. and you won't get that for ages. So, your judgment, the way you think, even just your normal decision making, the way your body is recovering, all that sort of stuff. There's so much hormonal mm-hmm. um, changes happening. Even, even dads will naturally produce more prolactin while. Um, when baby comes home, I think for the first, you know, three months or so, there's yep. more prolactin being produced because um, of a calming effect that it has on dad, mm. what oxytocin does to the body. And Andrew Huberman goes in a lot more detail about this. I'm just paraphrasing what he said. But hence why dad get that dot dad bod, because the prolactin is what actually helps you put on more weight. And then mm-hmm. there's an evolutionary reason for that. I'm sure like, you know, we're more hunkered down, we're in the nest. So, all right, let's kind of, help support you in those times. I think if we're thinking evolutionary, so oh, that's pretty cool. 
And I'm no expert in that, so take that for <laughs> what it is, obviously. Um, yeah, we'll leave that to Mr. Dr. Uh, Andrew Huberman. Exactly. And also another thing that I wanted to mention about last episode that I was like really sick. I don't know if I even mentioned that, but I was sick and I, and I really wanted to do what I wanted to. But when I listened back, I sounded horrible. So apologies at the Put yourself through that. And if you did listen to all of it, when I was talking about myelin and the production myelin, I learned a lot of that from the book called The Talent Code. I forgot to mention that in last week's episode. So when you do listen to it, download or read or read. I listen to audiobooks, but you can buy the book and read it as well. It's called The Talent Code. I forgot who it's from, but I'm sure there's only one book called that. So type that in. Um, and that's where I learned that. We should talk about today's topics. The two topics that I want to cover was types of intelligence and power of conditioning. And normally I have a whole lot of list of things to talk about, but um, just last minute, me and Luke changed our minds about what, yeah. yeah, topic change. So we're going to just have a conversation about these. And I'm not really, we're not really educating be, you about it. Yeah. To be transparent, we were going to talk about the Master Dog show that I posted on my um, stories the other night, but I actually haven't finished it. So I need to finish that so that I can actually know what the fuck I'm talking about when exactly. we talk about it. <laughs> I had my notes ready to go and um, yeah. it was a really cool show. So how about, actually, how about this is going to be even cooler um, for our regular listeners. Watch the four-part series of Master Dogs. It's on Australian Netflix. Um, if you're outside yep. of Australia, I'm not sure where you're going to look yeah, for Yeah, it's on, it. if you're here, if you're in Oz, if you're in Australia, you don't, by chance, don't have Netflix, you can still get it on iView. Uh, ABC, ABC iView. iView, totally for free. That only works if you're in Australia or I guess if you use a VPN from overseas, you could probably get it to work. Uh, otherwise, it's on Netflix. And for overseas people, just type it in YouTube. You never know. It may be yeah. something maybe yeah. out there. I, I reckon they'd be able to find it on their Netflix. Do what you've got to do. Mustard dogs. Mustard dogs. Not mate. mustard, like ketchup and mustard. Muster, like, like, like mustering cattle, mustering sheep. It was really cool. Mm. Um, anyway, so- Types of intelligence. What what am I talking about? Types of intelligence. When somebody asks me, "Is your dog smart?" I I know what they mean, and I say yes because you know naturally working breeds are generally very smart. But every single type of dog is smart for usually what. First of all, their unique expression of life is along with the breed and the genetics that they have. But a type of intelligent would be, and I'm pretty sure I said this on the podcast before, so I'll say it again. When I was at my dad, my parents' place with my dad's party, dad's friend comes up to me and asks me, what's more smarter, a cat or a dog? And I was like, um, and then I threw out like an Albert Einstein quote, like <laughs> thinking I'm the smartest person yeah. in the world. I'm like, well, if you judge a fish for his ability to climb, he'll live his whole life thinking he's stupid. Mm. And so in saying that, Imagine what a cat thinks about Wait, a dog. You said that, or he did. I said that. Yeah. Okay. Like a what, boss. What, what was it? What was he trying to get? What What was the point he was trying to make? Well, he's like, "What's smarter, a cat or a dog? You have you have cat, you have a dog. Who you are a dog smart? trainer." And then I'm like, "Well, what do you mean by smart? Yeah. Because cats are really good at ca- catching mice, and a dog may not be as good at hunting mice, catching native um, wildlife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Um, a cat can jump. My cat can jump on the fence and walk along the fence. I. I know you can train a dog to do some cool shit, but mm. dogs aren't just like non-trained, just jumping on fence lines and walking along. Yeah, how do you define pretty- smart? Like we're talking about cool things that they can do because, I mean, that's more physical. Well, like, and, and then also like smart is like how they live with you because there's a smart dog that, you know, um, keeps killing your chickens. 
I think like cats are probably pretty smart because they're super smart for the mo- for the most part. They're not like they don't really like. For example, like it's not like they're trying to win you over, but they still get they still get fed. Yeah, but so then it's you- like dog. They, they can they, they can get all they want without <laughs> even having to try. And dogs are like just your best mate. They always want to party. You know, they wasn't they always want to like please you. Whereas cats are just whatever, and like both of them are getting looked after the same, you know. That's hilarious. That's true. Look, well, my cat's a bit special. He followed us. He went went on a walk with us. I'm walking along Grand Parade. How far? Bro, I'm telling you, I walk down the street. I'm there about six, seven houses away, and Grand Parade's there. And I'm like, well, this cat. I'm like, my God, what the hell are you doing here? Um, and you try to tell a cat to go back home or something, you know. Anyway, so <laughs> tell he just, them anything. What it, it was, like? Can you was, even tell a cat what to do? Does that work? Well, it was pretty quiet on the street, and it's normally very busy. And he just starts meandering on Grand Parade. I'm like, oh my god! I'm standing there, me and the dogs are looking watching, at him like, I'm like what are you doing? Yeah. <clears throat> and I was being very careful because if I make a big thing, then he continues to run across the road in, onto the beach. Mm. Like I can't have that. So then my last case scenario was going to be flank him, do a full wide berth and then like scare him back, you know, fully muster him back home. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and, um, but I just muster stood there. Cats. Yeah. I just stood there. Cause I'm like, I'm just going to like watch what happens. And again, we're talking like five seconds. I'm not like I'm sitting there for 30 minutes watching my cat run and walk on a highway. Mm-hmm. But then the car saw him coming. And so he's like walking there. He stops. He sees the car. Was this car in the daytime or nighttime? We're talking like mm. 930 at night. So they, was it hard for them to see him or? They saw him. It was under a street light. It was oh, okay. pretty obvious. Yeah. It's cream colored. They saw him. They slow down. They beep and he shits himself and then runs back to us. <laughs> and then as he runs full speed, Chili like has this like, yeah. And I'm like, get, get him. And he just boom, just fully chased him. And then as Cashew, the cat, almost got home, you saw Chili literally circling him and then rounded him into the driveway. <laughs> and then- he fully just sprinted back to me and just looks at me like that was so hectic. <laughs> that was amazing. Master cats, master you sh- dogs. You should have seen his face. He was like, I just did something special. And I'm like, you did. That was sick. Anyway, so everyone's listening to me thinking how negligent I am that my cat's like roaming the streets. Um, but he slipped out the door. He goes outside. He hangs out in the backyard. I'm not keeping him in the backyard. It doesn't happen that way. Um, I haven't seen him kill anything. He hasn't brought anything home. He's very, very well fed. I don't, and he's got a bell on, so I don't think he's particularly hunting or doing much. Except yeah, for, Can, know, so. is it? Would it be pretty? It'd be pretty hard for a cat to catch anything with a bell on, right? It's pretty difficult. Yeah. So, like, why? But then also, like, why don't people just put bells on their cats? Well, like you know, people, people are, look. We're gonna piss off the cat people hard. I'm sorry, guys. They're like, why is Panos's cat outside of the house? I'm like, I just can't do it. I just, I'm just not going to leave him in my house. I, I wouldn't have a cat. Um, They're pretty hard when you're in a, like, I know I can sort of understand how apartment people do it, but like, um, look, we, to we keep could, a cat contained within a freestanding house be relatively hard, right? Because you could just open the door any day of the week. And, you just, and, you know, and for me, my, my, because when we had Romeo, he never really roamed that much after a while. He just hung out in the backyard, maybe a little bit in the front yard. He's just lazing about. He's pretty chill. I had and Cash is a different cat. He's bold and intense and just he's crazy. So I thought if we don't bold let him and out, intense. Are we talking about cats or coffee? Yeah, 
<laughs> Sounded like you were talking about a coffee then. <laughs> you know what? He probably gets into the stash of coffee. He's, he's heavy duty. Um, but I, I knew he was going to get out. I knew he was going to run. I knew he was going to do stupid stuff. So I thought I'm going to indoctrinate you with what outside is from a young age so you know what it is. Know where you are. Know, and look, so since this grand parade situation, again, we've gone off topic with intelligence, but we're going to come back in a full circle in a moment, is that every time we get close there, I'm like, I'd kind of mob him, bah, bah, like have a flashlight or start flashing the light and mm. make a big deal. And he like, what the hell? And he runs off. And then Chili's like, yeah, and then chases him. So we've got this thing going on where like we've told him this is as far as I let you go. And I only, and I really have a feeling that he's only going that far because we're going there. Like it was the first time. I knew it was the first time he'd been that far down the street. So I got onto that one quickly. But then after I got into teaching him not to go that far down Grand Parade. The next day, I'm like, I'm not going Grand Parade. I'm going to go the other way. And he followed up the whole entire street <laughs> to the top. I'm like, this cat's is too much. He's walking with us like he's a dog. He'll go up on the fence, come down the fence, look down the driveway, come catch up with us. Like he's having a good time. Anyway, um, so then the day after I taught him, look, what did I teach him? I just, once we got up to a particular palm tree, mm. it was like halfway up the street. I ran behind it, used the flashlight, made big noises, and I like kind of threw my water bottle on the ground. And then he stopped. We went up to the park, did our thing. We came back in the exact same spot. He jumps off the fence and then followed us home. He hasn't gone past that f- spot on our walk since. He's gone up a little bit and waited for us. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, and people say, put a leash on him and walk him and all that craziness. My I brother thought, no, has no. a my brother has a leash for his cat. It's pretty funny. It's so funny. I, I, I'm not a gangster. They don't take it out ever. But like, I think when he was a kid, and they might have taken him out a couple of times. For it sure, pretty, it was pretty random. Yeah, when I saw people with a cat, like a little kid in in Cook Park, I thought it's just so. It's so on a leash. Dangerous. You mean? Yeah, it was on a leash, but it's just dangerous because yeah. like it's hard to like contain this cat. If a dog runs up to him, what are you doing to manage this cat? Because he's going to claw the crap out of you. Yeah. You know, so anyway, um, I didn't want to, I don't want Kasha to be that adventurous. I wanted to like be a house cat. So, like okay, around, so let's bring, bring that back to, to intelligence. Bring, right? well, yeah. Back to intelligence. Well, like if, if I, so yeah. So basically if I judge a cat and compared him to a dog of what's smart, I would have to say, well, then what are we talking about smart? Because hmm. somebody who's very book smart and is a mathematician and can make um, algorithms and, you know, all the most intelligent stuff. If he can't build the house to live in, then mm. how smart is he? Mm-hmm. Um, so a builder's yeah, pretty depends smart. Depends on someone's definition of smart, right? Yeah, and, and well, not even definition, in what application, I would say. Yeah. Because a point to points. Smart. He, see, he, he, sees, the, he yeah. sees the fog, the deer. I'm looking at the deer and I'll, he just becomes a statue. And then you and imagine you're out under the impression that he's going to go out, grab the D because they go, he's my hunting dog. Yeah, I'm going to steal your hunting dog, mate. And I'm going to like find him D. And then he just stops. <laughs> so you're like, what's wrong with this dog? Why isn't he hunting? It's like, dude, he's, he's showing you where it is. You got to shoot it now. Where, um, where a retriever dog, he stays in his sit when trained. You shoot the goose. He goes and gets the goose and brings it back to you. Where a pity or a pig dog, they're running that you aren't containing them. You are not holding them back. You're, they're supposed to chase the ball or the whatever, the 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 beast. Hmm. Grab grab the ball, hold hold the pig down until you come to kill the pig. To my understanding, I don't I've never had these experiences with hunting, but hmm. from my understanding, there are three different ways. The, those three different examples are three different smart dogs helping you hunt. Because how intelligent 
is the retriever. He only brings back the duck. Well, he brings back the duck unscathed. Mm. He jumped in the freezing lake when you didn't to go get it. Um, so how can you judge intelligence? Now, I'm sure there's like people have put their time into like maybe having a whole different, like a whole big pie graph of like what intelligence is and how you can apply it. But I want us to be thinking about that when it comes to understanding your dog, you know, because if I look at spades where he chooses to be very relaxed and lay down, mm-hmm. where Chili is chasing flies, mm-hmm. would you say spades is smart? He doesn't chase flies. He lays down where my other neurotic dog chases the flies. <laughs> um, so like intelligence, like he, in all these- you talk about Chili, does he catch them and eat them? Um, I'm sure he, I'm sure he catches them and eats yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Shadow pretty, does that. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah. It's pretty funny. But it then also- you can have the really intelligent dog that doesn't be, isn't fulfilled in the appropriate way. And then they become hyper obsessive shadows and lights. And then you can't really live with that dog that much. And the dog's suffering now through that intense drive. So I think what comes down to like, is retaining a thought, like a memory. Plus at the end of the day, like intelligence is a human concept. So like we're trying to apply a human concept to an animal well, I mean, we've done episodes on uh, anthropomorphism. So, like, who, who, who's to say what's intelligent and what's not? Well, like, I think it does have to. The things that Shadow can smell or hear by virtue of being a dog is hundreds or thousands of times more than what I can. Does that mean he's more intelligent? Yeah. Well, look, I guess in a way humans are the most intelligent only because we have the soft, like very soft skin. We mm. aren't if the we're best talking fighters. In raw, if we're talking in like raw processing power, like IQ, then yes. Well, hum- like humans are the, we're at the top of the food chain, right? We're on the top of the food chain and we're not strong. We're not fast and we're not the biggest yeah. by any means. So we don't have the biggest brains and all that. So we have, became the apex predator of earth because of the way we think Yeah. now is that yeah again just i'm not normally used to having these thoughts and not writing them down and then talking to the microphone so you know come on the journey with us is that i guess intelligence would be you have a memory of something because some dogs you teach them and it takes them ages to remember it like not remember it but like go through the phases of training and like oh yeah last time you marked it boop Exactly here. Like Chile be very specific about that. Now that can backfire on you too, but he's very specific, very good memory. And also he can pick it up quickly. He can bridge between one basic element of a command of, of a behavior and then bridge it to be shaped into another one very quickly. He's mm. like, Oh, you, you just want that. I've connected the dots very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, intelligence would also be about knowing how to act and when to act. You know, mm-hmm. like some dogs are more trainable. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we're in the house now. We don't do stupid shit. Where some dogs are like, oh, I don't care where we are. I'm going to do whatever. But then you have the other hand where- I do what I want. Yeah, exactly. And then how about like physical intelligence? Like you can be very smart, but if you don't know how to fight, are you that smart? In a way, like of are we talking martial arts, smart intelligence now, physical awareness? Some Someone can be tapped on the right shoulder and look over their left bloody shoulder. You know, yep. like some people don't have bodily awareness. So yep. I guess awareness comes into like intelligence. And um, anyway, I just wanted to think about when we do talk about different types of intelligence, 
How are you applying that to your dog? How are you creating the expectations? And I've been talking, thinking a lot about expectations since doing the episode about great expectations lead to great disappointments. And it's been like the theme of my month with my clients, you know, adjust your expectations accordingly. What do maybe- you think makes them set their expectations too high? Where does that come from in your mind? I guess depending on the person, depending on the situation, I would say two things that come straight to me is like one is that we live in the fast paced world. So we want shit yesterday. Hey, you're the mm-hmm. trainer. You said you'd fix the thing. Why isn't it fixed sort of thing? Oh right. yeah, yeah, I do that thing. It's not happening yet. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been like three weeks. I don't know what you could expect in three weeks. Um, I think we're going really well, but also I'm looking at what I needed you to do, you've done. And you're looking at the big picture. I'm looking at all the different steps to get to the big picture. You're doing the step that I need you. I know that the recall in the park when there's every single distraction around isn't occurring, but you've got the recall, except you're Mm. asking for it in the park when you should be doing it in the driveway for now. Like that's where you're at. So, you know, just pushing it too far. Also, why do they have expectations? Well, I think people just, I think- to achieve big things, you need to have some big expectations sometimes. Mm-hmm. And having too much big expectations can lead to big disappointments. So adjusting your expectations a bit. I think like when Jordan Peterson said something about some people, he goes, aim higher because some people aim so low and the worst thing is they hit it. It's like, yeah, yeah you're aiming mm-hmm. low and you're hitting it. Of course you're hitting it because you're aiming low. You should be aiming a bit higher, hitting those ones and missing them sometimes. And I guess, so some people need a bit more of an expectation Um, or maybe, sorry, they're hitting the low targets and hitting them because they can fulfill their expectation. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I think there's something to do with that. So, you know, it's like, oh, but, you know, I got the Kelpie. So, like, I expected him to be like my other Kelpie. I guess maybe comparing, they compare their dog to the other dog they had or to the dog that they see on the street or across the road or, you know, um, my, 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 my auntie as, you know, uh, a, a Dalmatian that's perfect. And I brought this Dalmatian. Why isn't my Dalmatian perfect? It's like, well, I like, you know, we've had these discussions at length about obviously every dog's different. Compare them to how they were yesterday. W- what are you expecting of the age of the dog? Some people like, like. Well, it's like, why don't, you know, why don't people put those kinds of expectations on, for example, like their, um, their children. It's like, oh, I had a second child and it's completely different to the first one. It's I like, think they do. I think people do do that shit. But do you think they do it as much as dogs? I feel like sometimes people just think like that, that just because they got the same breed, it should be exactly the same. Well, as I think when we, when we see our children time. at 10 years old and then their siblings are around, you know, a similar age, right? I think we'll, us as parents will see that it's like, mm. or, or maybe even catch yourself. It's like, you know, if you're not aware, like, oh, for example, I would compare Leonardo, of course, when, you mm-hmm. know, it just happens by accident. It's like, you know, he's struggling to like understand his colors. And I'm like, I'm even questioning whether he's can't even see colors because it's like so frustrating. I'm like, what do you mean? Like we're having this conversation and like all the other kids can do it. Something must be wrong with you. Now, and, and there's a, there's a moment of let's so what, work on what, this. What, what, what's he having trouble with? Like just not remembering a color. So or, as in like looking at a color and going, that's blue or that's yeah, no. purple like or show whatever. me blue. And he's like, oh, is it, is it orange? Like, well, what color is that? Uh, uh, red. 
Like he's oh. just guessing. I'm like, oh, show me the green or just point at anyone. So I don't know if it's just him being defiant, his age, his, you know, being a boy, blah, blah. He doesn't want to play. <laughs> I, I don't know. But can you test like his, um, it's not his eyes, right? Well, like, okay, we talk about intelligence is, is the same as like talking about perspective. I, I looked at what color blindness, like there's four different types. How it manifests. And yeah. And like, and what it looks like. And yeah. like red looks like yellow and yellow looks like yellow, but blue looks like blue, but then green looks like a different type of yellow. So they are different. Okay. So regardless, if you saw green and it always looked blue and your blue always looked green, then how would we know that we're looking at two different actual colors compared rather than you've named it this thing and this is what we call it? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like point yeah. to the green one. If you see green always as purple and you point to the purple thing and I'm like, yeah, that's green. See, you know your colors. And it's like, but how do I know what he sees? You may see a whole different spectrum of light and we would never know because I'm not in your eyes. Yeah. So, so like, and I guess intelligence comes to that as well. Like in terms of like what, what, what in terms of compa- comparing, so, sorry, comparing what somebody perceives is what they perceive. It, it's really difficult, especially when it comes to color. Anyway, my, my original point with, with Leonardo is that I may compare him to the other boy that's not there, but then also he's doing like you should see him on a on a scooter. Oh my gosh, he was two years yeah, old. He can't, he he can't be a he can't be a wizard at everything, right? Like maybe he's exactly. better at scooter than colors. Like so yeah. what? <laughs> and, and and exactly. So for me, I'm like, man, I struggled. Now I don't think that I'm like you know an Adonis and 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 a perfect minded person, all that sort of shit. But I struggled with heaps of shit, man, when I was at school. Like I mean, like more than everyone. Always, I couldn't even read and shit. Like I was probably even dyslexic, and they wouldn't have even tested it to know really? and call it a name. Like I couldn't read out loud. I couldn't, I'd stutter a lot. Oh. I had like an accent and like no one has an accent. And even Leonardo has like a random accent and no one, yeah. no, yeah. Like he'll be like, you know, sometimes he'll pronounce his W's with a V. Um, it's like really weird. Um, oh, okay. And I used to, anyway, so there's some similar similarities, but I also thought two things. Sometimes your weaknesses can be your best strengths. Yeah because you work on those things that you're weak at and you become good at them. Like how ironic that I couldn't read and like learn very well. And where I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm talking right now to the, to the microphone to you with yeah. the confidence yeah. where I had no confidence. Yeah. So, so I think the thing that doing I like, all right. I think not doing too badly. Not too bad. I'm pretty, you know, I, I know words and I can like use a new word that I've learned into you an actual sentence. in society. It's yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to shit myself and fall over and like be yeah. useless. You know, like when, when you, when Leonardo didn't start walking literally until 16 months old. Oh, okay. And you're like, yeah. And Is you're like, the, I've heard of this. Like I've heard it's not, it's not, you know, it's not that rare. Well, like I, this is, so this is where, where I was thinking. We're going to become yeah. a fucking dad podcast soon. Um, <laughs> but, but everything's relative. Too late. I'm a dad now. It's exactly. But um, they say that if, you're, if your child starts to teeth first and they, if they're teething first, then oh, their teeth coming out, then they're going to be slow at walking. If they're walking, then their teeth will come out slow. Um, and ha- I think. Hang on. Say that again. So um, it's like old wives' tale. Okay. If your your child starts to get teeth coming out their mouth, like you How, know, like when growing, though, but like around like in, six do, months old, teeth start growing. Yeah. Coming. So the, the do gums. some kids walk before they get teeth? Yeah. Some some kids were like teeth really late. Like Leonardo almost had all of his teeth at like eleven months old. Oh, okay. Almost. It was weird. 
but he didn't walk until 16 months old and he could talk before he was one. He just wasn't into it, eh? He's just he, like, oh, whatever. I'll I think on, this is my life, you know. Ready, Dad. Yeah, true. I think there's like a, my pseudoscience is energy is going into the brain and mouth. Energy is there. I don't think energy can happen at the feet where some mm-hmm. kids, they were running, they were fanging it. They were like 12 months old, 14 months old. They're running, like walking around. They're doing really active. They're picking things up. And my son wouldn't even get up and like he would crawl around. And hey guys, it's Luke. Uh, I just wanted to take a moment out of the podcast to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, obviously, we don't just do this show just to hear our own voices. We love the fact that you guys take the time out of your day to listen to our episodes each and every week. And on that note, if you are enjoying it, we'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to leave us a review or a rating on your favorite podcast listening app. So whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you could hit pause on this episode and and go and leave a review or a rating on the platform that you're listening into, we'd really appreciate it. It helps other people like yourself find the podcast uh, and helps us to reach more listeners and, and hopefully grow the show and grow the community around it. So we'd really appreciate it if you could. And thanks for listening. Um, but then also I could like ask Leonardo something and he would like very basic conversation. Like, for example, the day before his first birthday, I'm like, how old are you turn tomorrow? And he pointed his finger, goes one. Like he'd yeah, talk right, right okay. at that age, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but that then walk cool. slow. So then I'm comparing him going, he's not going to walk now. When do you see a human that's in a wheelchair and you ask them what's wrong? And they're going, oh, I never learned how to walk. Like never, mm. not one. Everyone walks. Mm-hmm. Now, unless you've got like a disability, something's happened to you or like some other disease, no one not walks because you didn't teach them how to walk early. Now, maybe they have better strengths when they get older or whatever, but I was pretty clunky when like, you know, um, at soccer, I was like scared of the ball because I could broke my nose once and, you know, I just wasn't very- The ball did. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty Well, intense. that's a fair reason to be yeah. scared of the ball, <laughs> that's, mate. That's I true. There's anything wrong with that. No, I think it was more like I didn't have the ambition to drive the the- the movement for it. Like I just, I, I was clunky at it sort of thing. Uh, okay. But like, I, I'm, but I'm, but I'm really active in physics. So, so again, when you have a puppy <laughs> back to my full circle, people have this young dog, 18 months old. And like yep. my client the other day, she was doing my head in. I'm like, man, this is like, everything's amazing. He's doing really well with your 18 what month was, old German she, shepherd. What was her concern? I don't know. I could, I don't even think she knew. It was like, you know, she got injured with the long lead and like almost skin graft injured pretty bad. And, um, really, and I like, she's, she's awesome. Like she's awesome. Um, client, awesome dog. It's just that. So she just, um, she her expectations were like, I don't know she where the, grab the lead when the dog ran. No, no. She threw the ball. It was like, she goes, I want to tell him to down. I throw the ball. Then I tell him to get it. And I'm like, okay, do you do that? And she said, yes. Except that time she just screwed up and it is uh-huh. what it is. Uh-huh. But then I'm like, she goes, I just wanted to wait while I throw the ball. I'm like, well, you can, and you keep doing that if you want to. Yeah. But also, first of all, just make sure the lead's not wrapped around your legs. Um, so now that that's oh. happened, I don't think you're going to let that happen again. Number yeah. one. Number two is that if you want a reward with the ball, your marker should be a terminal marker. It should be a release to the ball. It shouldn't be a, like, in my opinion, I, I, I want to use that power. When I say down and I go, chop, it's like, whoa, the dog like releases and runs As after the ball. As opposed to what? I throw the ball. Jump, and then the dog gets up now and go gets it. Now I can do that. I can tell Chili to down, throw the ball, then give his marker to go get it. Yep. 
but I wouldn't do that all the time. Then you get a very flat, flat behavior. You get a very flat dog, in my opinion, compared so to- what, So hang on. So what, what's the way that you think maximizes the dogs? When you use it as a, sorry, they're both terminal markers. I mean, like yeah. you mark it and then you throw the ball rather than throwing the ball and then marking oh, yeah, it for yeah. your dog to I work, learned right? that from you very early when yeah. we had Shadow. I mean, I, it's in my head every time I, um, mark, you know, mark anything or mark, sorry, mark the, as in give him his, his, his play marker, which is the ball. I always give the marker first. Always give the marker. Now, yeah. sometimes it's nice to throw it and he's like, <laughs> he's looking at the ball and look at me, impulse control. He will not go after it unless I give him. And then you give the marker. The marker. So, but if you yeah. do that every single time, it's like, uh, bleh, yeah. boring, right? But also I could throw the ball. He's in pursuit of the ball. And I'm like, come, leave the ball now. Come to me. Now go get it again. I want that. And it's going to help me in like heaps of emergency situations, developing yeah. impulse control, clarity of command, all that sort of stuff. Um, but anyway, so with my situation, my client the other day, it was that she didn't even know what she was asking but then she was like quick to say, ah, the bloody dog. I'm like, man, when we saw each other six months ago, we yeah. had a whole different situation. Like you are like, we did a, a, a good game of, of the, actually I'm going to put, like obviously she's, she's confused because her markers were all off and I blame myself for not, I thought I was pretty clear with her about what the markers were, but she didn't get it. So I had to go over it again, wrote it down, all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but she's, and not that she's called a dog stupid, but it was like, why can't it just be there yet? And I'm like, be where, when, and why would you want that so fast? The, the joy of it is the training. Anyway, so to answer a very long way of answering your question of what gives these people this expectation that they're not being fulfilled is that mm. they want it so quickly. And when the dog's 18 months old, he's only 18 months old. He's not even mature yet. He should be still good. Like I will also still- ask people what's their rush because, like, if you, you know, if you rush to teach your dog everything, then what's left to teach him? Like what's that to got- teach him? But then also how can you expect, you know, the 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 young teenage dog to act like a stoic old man? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think again, and then also your dog's really smart, so he should get it. I'm like, well, smart for what? Like, what are we talking about smart? Are we talking about like a high drive for the ball and really wants a ball so he has motivation? Are we talking yeah. about motivation smart? Are we yeah. talking about smart like he doesn't like kill children? I'm like, well, that's pretty smart. For us, um, you know, a dog that like, like what, so again, I'm going to kind of leave the intelligence of like, what are you looking for? And again, yes, of course you can, I could get the dictionary um, definition of what intelligence is and it'll give it to us. I even haven't done it today. That probably would be um, important to do, but I'll get you guys to right now, Google what is intelligence. And then also compare that to what we've spoken about today, because there are different ty- levels of intelligence. I think it all comes down to the application of what we're referring intelligence to. I think that's the most important thing. Are you the chess grandmaster or are you a builder? Um, you know, because a guy that's really smart can maybe engineer a really good product for the builder, but if he doesn't know how to make the house when everything turns to shit and he needs to make give shelter to his family, if he's not building a house that can, like, withstand yeah, what, the weather. What good is he then? You know, so that's where I'm thinking about smart when it comes to dogs is that, yeah, one can – hunt and kill a thing where the other one can bring it back to me unscathed where the other one doesn't do anything with the animal except for point to it. And those are all different intelligences. So, um, so that's that. And then also thinking about a cat and a cat jumping on the fence and walking along the fence. 
And then, the, and then the dog's jumping up trying to get to the bird, trying to get to the bird. He wants to catch it. I'm like, and the cat's like, what a bloody dummy that is. But then also, will our cats, now obviously size is different, like a difference, but will they go in a pack and then go and hunt an animal that's like bigger than them? Mm. Because I'm pretty sure most cats are taking out things small. We're talking domestic cats until we start talking about lions and tigers and shit. But, um, but again, intelligence for what? Well, I'm really smart. I get heaps of little things and I eat lots of little things throughout the day and I'm full where the dogs are like, we may not eat every day, but when we eat, we feast. So what's more intelligent? One has yeah. a pack to rely on. The other one's solitary. Well, I'm alone. I'm a ninja. No one gets me. Yeah, but we have numbers. No one's going to get us. So there's this different types of intelligence, right? So to judge somebody on what you think their intelligence is, I think is misunderstanding the potential for the dog along with the potential of what your relationship could be like. And also um, maybe it will help people that are choosing a certain breed. Are you getting one because they're supposed to be smart? Because I got, I got chili, like there's no lie. I got chili as a coolie. We'll call him a Kelpie or a Border Collie. I think there's definitely those three different dogs have heaps of different differences, but as a whole, they're pretty intelligent. They're pretty smart in terms yeah. of picking up stuff and, you know, um, picking up the rules of, of, of um, and if you watch Mustard Dogs, it makes sense in terms of how these dogs would typically live as a working dog. And then me walking the streets and helping clients, it's a very, it's not the same, but the communication, oh, wait there, down here, well, come up closer to me. They, they were meant for that. It helps me rather than dog going, oh, my God, let's go over there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like a terrier <laughs> dog, right? So um, so I chose that. Also, he's agile. He can jump up things very high. He can hop up onto my shoulder. And I can hop him over something if I needed to. Or, you know, he can move all day. He's not going to – he's not clunky. He's not injuring himself because he jumps out the car weird. Good bit of energy in the tank as well. He's We're out from nine till seven and we still go for extra walks and training. So – for sure. Um, he ticks all those boxes. He has a high drive. He wants to play yeah. with the ball, with the tug. So I chose the dog. And I, and also I may have seen another coolie and being like, I just don't like where he's at. I don't like his drive or I don't like yeah. the way he interacts. So, you know, I specifically looked for not just a breed or, you know, a color of a dog. I looked at every single quality that I needed and you and utilizing it for my job. Now, if I didn't wasn't a dog trainer, I probably would still have a dog like him. But um, maybe not exactly like Chili because he's too much. Like it's, it's been my day off today and yesterday, and he's busting, <laughs> busting. He's still going for his walk last night because like Spades and Nookie go for their one day walk. He needs multiple times. Mm. Um, I should technically have given him a morning, an afternoon, and then the evening as a bare minimum. So if I and was you, off for three you, weeks, that's what and would you happen. knew that when you got him, like exactly, hundred percent. Know? Another thing is we want to talk about when you said about walking the dog now at nighttime is that I've, I walk and, and I, I think I'd, every time we chat, I'm like, and I'm off to walk my dogs. Like, I'm not saying that. Just, I guess now it's just a thing to say all the time, but it's always very true. I walk my dogs after 8.30 because that's when bedtime's done, dinner's done, gym's yep. done, podcasts yep. are done, and now the dogs need to go out. But also one thing that I felt was really cool was because I took four weeks off when Leonardo was born and in that time it's like, you know, it wasn't like it was not enjoyable and all that sort of stuff. It was like, I need to go take the dogs for a walk. I'll see you later. It's like my decompressed time, yeah. time to myself. 
Rage doesn't listen to this, so I can wholeheartedly okay. agree with that. <laughs> like, oh, I've got to go and exercise shadow, which I do. Like, he, he needs he, it. He needs it's it. not lie. He needs the training. Sure. Um, but like, but also you, you know, need your time. Maybe I stay like a little bit longer. You know. Um, anyway, <laughs> that doesn't mean this. I shall never hear it. So exactly. Well, like, and and it's true, and it's also you're looking after yourself. You know, like not like you know. I don't feel that enough people discuss. Maybe men don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. But like discuss the like, you know, that you go through changes. Now, look, you are last thing to talk about parents. Sorry, guys. But um, you are technically a father biologically, but it's on you to be a dad. How much of a dad do you want to be? Do you want to be the guy that just works really hard and provides for the family only? Mm. Or do you want to actually like be actually involved with like day-to-day life so that you like can know your child and your child knows you and you can like be involved enough to know what their strengths and weaknesses are. So when you're together, you know what to guide them through and, you know, cause moms are there to keep baby alive. Dads are there to teach a child how to live. Um, don't yeah. take that word for word. I may upset a lot of people, but like there's a, that's dad's role. Yeah. Dad's role is like a, let, let me show you how to live, but it's very important, especially like now it's like dads miss out on like what's happening here. Hmm. you're like, I don't know, like she feeds, like she needs mum. She may want dad, but she needs mum. And it's like, it's a, it's a weird, it's like, it's, it's hard to, um, different feeling. It's hard to feel so useless. Like it's, it's interesting. Cause I'm just like, I can only do so much for yep. the baby. Yeah. Uh, you know, literally to support mum. Yeah. So, so like, know? and cause Rach had a cesarean as well. So like literally other than the feeding, like, Everything else is is my responsibility now. Like everything in the yeah. house to the yeah. point of like the first maybe two weeks, like had to help her get dressed, have to pick things up if she drops something on the floor, like just stuff like that. Cause it's like major surgery. You, you know, you're not they don't let you do anything. You're in fact your 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 um your car insurance is void for six weeks after having cesarean. Yeah, true. Yeah, you, you're not allowed to. So, like, if she drove and crashed, it's the same as being drunk, basically. You're uninsured. Well, I think it's interesting. When, when I first mentioned at the beginning, when I said, like, what do dogs think about their children? I didn't mean, and it was good that we talked about it. Yep. I actually meant, like, I'm a dog and I made babies and now, like, I love you and care for you. And now you're, like, eight weeks old. It's like, get the hell away from me. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. Now, and I don't know what it's like. I haven't studied or even watched anything recently about like wild dogs, dogs that like live, you know, like the Vietnam dog sort of thing. Um, do they all hang out in one pack or do like all the males disappear and the females stick together and they have their little factions? How does that play out? And also if, you know, like even when you watch Master Dogs in like the last episode when they all kind of reunionized together, did the dogs know that they were brother and sister or do they just see him as another dog? And, and would a human even know if I didn't see my child until now, four years later, and I see him, never seen him before, would I know it's him? That'd huh. be cool. Something interesting to think about. That's but like, like when they take twins and raise them separately. You've seen those, those studies? Yeah, and like yeah, epigenetics. So it's like, well, yeah, it's like nature versus nurture, right? That's mm. what they're like epigenetics really actually is a thing, you know, if a, if a person, two, if twins grew up and then they checked their DNA at the end of their life, one was a very health, healthy, conscious person. The other one was like, you know, the smoker and the alcoholic. Mm. Um, they actually changed their genetics at the end of that lifestyle, lifespan. And they have like, even though they're, they're identical, mm-hmm. what is predisposed will come true depending on how you live. 
I think we did that when we we're talking about like environmental environment or like nature nurture sort of situation is that genetics is like a loaded gun and how you live determines if that trigger gets pulled or not. That's wild. That's crazy. So anyway, talking about the power of conditioning again, I'm not going to get into like a full thesis about conditioning. I just want to just cover another reason why conditioning is not only important in dog training, but, and not even necessary, but also like unavoidable, which just is what it is. Conditioning is conditioning. And what I want to specifically talk more about is the sequence of thought, feeling, behavior. We talked about that a couple of times as well. Um, and really like trying to think about that because it, sorry, hold on. I need to say that all again because I wrote this wrong. It's feeling, sorry. feeling, thought, behavior. You feel mm-hmm. something, you then think something, and then you act on it. So um, conditioning is about the way the individual feels, not so much on how they think. And a couple of examples, because I can only talk from my perspective, I can tell you how I've observed it in dogs, but I don't know it because I'm not a dog, is that a couple of things. First of all, I like my conditioning of a freaking doorbell is the worst. If I'm at a house and I ring a doorbell, even if I'm going to a friend's house, it's like you press a doorbell and it's a deep breath. And then normally it's ding dong, deep breath, and just dogs barking the head off every single time. It's like, it's very rare that I'm pressing a doorbell and I'm like, no dogs are barking because I know I'm going to go see a puppy or I'm seeing a very warm hearted dog, right? That doesn't care about the doorbell. Um, I don't have a problem with dogs barking at doorbells. I think it's very normal and natural. Neither. As long as you can turn it off. As long as you can tell them to shut up. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and control them by sending them to a place or something, put them in their crepe in the backyard. But basically I'm at the, in the kitchen in my house, not on a work day. So I'm like not dressed in the clothes, not anything. I'm just doing my, my thing. Yeah. And you know, the, 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 um, the brand called ring. Oh yeah. Yeah. Doorbell. We've got one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Oh my gosh. I'm in the kitchen. The ad's playing that doorbell rings and everything in my psyche just went. And I was like, I must be daydreaming because I must be at work, but I'm in my kitchen. How am I at work? And I'm like, whoa. And there was like, maybe I went for one whole second of intense confusion and like call to action. Like you should be like in that space. Hi, how are you going? Nice to meet you. Boom. We're at work now. Um, that doorbell killed my life when I heard on the on the ad. It really triggered um, something inside. It's a feeling. Then the thought was I like, confused, so then I couldn't act on it. Right, and um, so there was that. Along with another example, I want to give from the dog's perspective. I remember when Ace, my Kelpie Lab, when he had his first seizure, he was two years old at the time. So long ago, it must have been two thousand and thirteen or something, hmm. and. Um, 10 years ago. Wow. So um, someone was throwing the ball for him, throwing the, and what triggered his seizures, it had to be very mindful, is that if it was hot or if he ran too much, because he mm. was mental, if he ran mm. too much for the ball, he would like to just kick into a seizure. And um, it was actually kind of ironic because I was at the time telling someone who was like a volunteer at the shelter I, w- I worked at at the time, I'm like, you know, when the dog comes up and like, I think it was like her dog was going to get attacked by another dog. I'm like, you've got to be really calm and composed in the moment. I'm preaching all this shit. Then I turn around, this guy, this random guy's throwing the ball for Ace. And then all you can see Ace is just flapping on the ground like a fish. Oh, full shit. Having grand mouse seizure. 
And, I, and while I'm saying you should be calm, composed in all situations, you're a leader. I'm like, oh, <laughs> running over, I pick him up. He's flapping in my arms, shitting everywhere, Whoa. pissing, and I'm just Whoa. running. I'm full speed running to the car. Like, I need to get into the vet right now. And anyway, so he's full ha- um, having his, his moment. He kind of wakes up coming yeah. out of the seizure. Yeah. And he just went, and just went to, like, bite my face because a complete confusion on his behalf. As I see his full proper white pearls coming at my eyes, I've just like dropped him and t- took a massive step back. And he's just standing there in front of my car with this look. His eyes were full all black, like all black. Like, you know, when you see like the dog that turns a demon dog? Yeah. Like no, like, like it was no, no whites. Yeah. 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 He was. And then his mouth, like he was growling, but his growling was like with like, you can see like his mouth was like, like an O shape at the end. Oh, oh, like, like, a, and if you knew Ace, you're like, that's not his character at all. He was the sweetest guy ever. So just full freaked out. And he, and like, he was going to attack me. I was like, going to go up to go grab him. And he's like, oh, like, I'm going to freaking bite you. Cause think about it. He woke up feeling like you'd have a seizure while I'm running in his arm. Like, I think everything was so bad. Right. Anyway, and I'm then, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? I need to get this dog in that car. And I thought at the time, fuck it, I'm going to unlock my car with the button because I think when he hears the unlock, he's going to, through conditioning, he's just going to like look at the car and want to go in. And maybe it was an accident. I don't know. And maybe I only had that thought because it's 10 years ago now. Maybe I had that thought because of what I observed, but I pressed the button to unlock my car and the car unlock, he went, boom, he just stared at the car. I just opened the door and he just jumped in without even any thought. It was just like, that's a pattern. Unlock, open door, jump in. And I had no commands and shit at the time. Maybe I had like some informal command, but no, I wasn't. I wasn't new to dog training as well, right? So um, actually, no, actually, in fact, it was even before I was even doing dog training. I was only working at the shelter. So before I even became a trainer, but I knew that pressing the door, the, the car unlock would like, would help. And that is conditioning. It wasn't like, oh yeah, Panos is opening the car for me. I need to get to the vet and get on some Valium. He just heard the car. And he's like, yeah, like we're getting in the car now. This is the cue to that. Right. And that cue. And also something that I heard in J-Jack, which was really interesting. A cue is a, is a stimulus that's on purpose to the dog, where a signal is an accidental cue for a dog to do something. So, for example, um, me unlocking the car. And then him having a response of like that becomes the cue to um, the signal to go into the car. That's mm-hmm. only because it was unintentional um, command or an unintentional behavior linked to a to a stimulus. Oh, okay. Where if I that give a signal, sense. yeah, I could give a hand point to the ground. Uh, um, you know, a, a verbal command, um, a specific environmental like cue like if you were to like make a dog do something that's a yeah. signal you're purposefully doing it and the cue is an in unintentional one so um i thought that was pretty interesting so the power of conditioning is like where we want our dogs to be classically conditioned pavlovian conditioning to a behavior that like that's ideal when you mm. give your dog the recall mm. you should want him running at you and him not even knowing why he's coming to you you know, um, and I've given this example as well, but I'll say it again. When I had, um, um, I forgot the dog's name, German Shepherd. He's running around the backyard with the ball in his mouth. And Chick's like, I never get it out of his mouth. This, this, and that. And I had no leash on him. And I didn't want to waste time away from the drop it. And I didn't want to fight him for the ball. Yep. So he was running past me. I'm showing him the food. He, with the ball in his mouth, he'd sniff my hand, continue running. 
as soon as he did another lap and he just as he comes past me, I mark, yes, he spits the ball out, eats the food while staring at the ball going, why did I spit that ball out for the food that I didn't even want? This classically conditioned response, exactly. wasn't it? Exactly. And mm. that's a reflex, the mm. reflexive response. And he's like doing the thing that I've told him to do, even though he didn't even want to and or even knew, know he was doing it. And I Whenever really I feel- explain it to a client, I always use the perfume example. Yes. Yeah, that's the example that I use. I think and I got that from you as well. Yeah, right? perfume like, works. Because it's you've got to think of something that's beyond your control. You're like, oh, my God, that's that I can instantly go back to my childhood. Like my grandma wore that, like all the memories flood back of whatever. Well, right? then, And then if someone were to, well, like so conditioning, whether this is true or not, let's just let me talk about it and we'll see, and we can and we can mull over it. When I watch, and I don't even know if we spoke about this recently, but when we're at a um, or maybe we did when we were on with um Dr. Michelle. Uh-huh. So we're in the in the waiting room with the people all sitting down. And when the bell rings, everyone stood up, and the guys like, "Why is everyone standing up?" Because everyone was actors except for him. So the bell rings, everyone stands up. He goes and stands up. Bell rings again. Everyone sits down. He's like, what the hell? So he sits down. And that happened. I think it was in there for like 45 minutes, maybe, or something like that. And then at one stage, he's there like read, like looking at his phone or whatever. The bell yeah. rings and he doesn't look around anymore. He just stands up. And then after like a maybe a minute, he looks around and everyone's looking at him while they're all sitting down. And, and he stood up as a consequence of the bell ringing. And he didn't even... No one told him to stand up when the bell rang, but it was just something. It was a conditioned did. response, and then the yeah. conditioned response became the behavior. So the perfume works, and then and then on top of that, we have to link, and then what behavior was associated. Now, it could be, um, I think like also like the the phone is a good one. You hear your ringtone, and then you're already touching your phone. Or you're, or when oh, I, like someone else with the same ringtone, is that what same you ringtone, or like even if it's your own, right? Your f- yep. phone rings. Most people just go and pick it up, or look yes. at it at least. At least just grab for it. Yes. So how many times? So for me, I keep my phone always on silent. It's very rare that it's on loud. Yeah, me too. But if I'm at work, and and I'm preoccupied, and I feel the finger like one vibrate, that feeling like angst, anticipation. I don't know what it is, but it's like. Check your phone. Check your phone. You got to look at the phone, and I'm like, I'm, I won't. I'll beat the feeling of it, and it, again, doesn't last for very long. And I'm sure everyone feels it, but um, but there's some conditioning at play there, and they want that. They want you to be addicted to your phone, right? That's why I'm always oh, logged well, out I mean, on my social media and stuff. The phone is another um thing that I use to explain to clients, like the concept of an intermittent schedule of rewards, like the way your the way the algorithm. Um, delivers likes and and those sorts of things. It's totally on a on a variable schedule, and that's that's how 100%. they addict you to the behavior of staying exactly. on there. Um, so, even like the feed itself is a variable schedule of rewards because yeah. not everything you scroll past you're interested in. That's right, right? And so the that so is keep scrolling very, yeah, exactly, yeah. and the, and, the and endless outcome- um, the endless timeline, whatever yeah. they call that, infinite scroll. You know, like there's no bottom. <clears throat> that's it's the same but the, thing. But the point, wouldn't it be weird if you got to the bottom of it, like if there was a bottom? It's like, and oh, my like, God. You have to leave now. I've done all of the videos. All right. So um, the point of the conditioning is not only for the thought and even the feeling, the feeling and the thought. We're interested in the behavior. I say come and my dog runs at me without even, when he, when he runs after something, 
like let's just say for example there's a um oh another good example when i've taught his leave it he was eating a chicken bone at the chicken shop recently i didn't know he was eating a chicken bone i heard him crunching i'm like oi and i look at him and i'm like leave it and he's like just spat it out like not spat it out like (laughs) if everyone can hear that sound like i'm like half vomited out he didn't Uh, vomit it out but he like if i tell shadow to leave it whatever was in his mouth just finds itself on the floor that's it and i mean like yeah regurgitating it out now without like get it let's leave it and it happens straight away so um so that's what you want from your commands at at face value most of our clients are going to have a dog that you give a command and the dog thinks about it yeah that means that i'll do it that's very operant sort of conditioning like I'll do it so I can maybe get rewarded. I won't get corrected. Like there's a, there's an, op, it's instrumental in that way. Yeah. Where um, if we can classically condition a command, that's like, that's top notch. Now, most people won't get that or they get it accidentally. Like, you know, you open your do- the cupboard where the food is and your dogs will reflexively run to you uh, because you're consistent as shit. Right. Um especially if you can then go that onto intermittent schedule, the dog's like, not every single time you open that cupboard, but sometimes when you open that cupboard, you go grab our food. I'm going to run to you every single time. The problem with that is that most people have really good markers, except they're doing it without understanding that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when you, when I told my dog to down recently, when he was in a, when there was a dodgy situation and I'm like, Gato. <sighs> like he the lays down response. before yeah. even thinking about, I, I had to, I didn't even know, I don't even know what I'm doing. It just happens. Um, you know, mum or dad calls you, you know, like could not call you on the phone, calls out to you. You may reflexively be like at your, at the fullest attention. Some people have zero attention when their parents call them. So, you know, it, it, I think it's important that when we're talking about intelligence, when we're talking about conditioning is that it's all well and good to know that conditioning evokes a feeling and a thought, but think about your conditioning and the power of it when it comes to creating behaviors and then also knowing when can you use it. I thought it was pretty savvy that I used it when Ace had that seizure moment and I pressed the, and I may have pressed it. Like if I'm thinking about it now, I may have pressed it a couple of times for him to like actually acknowledge it. Um, not, not like acknowledge it, like pay attention to it because he was growling and barking at me. Mm. Um, but when he heard it, it was like straight away head flick, I opened the door, he jumped in and I'm like, wow, that was cool. Um, you know, and I think a lot of the times you, a lot of people do have a pretty strongly charged command, except they don't use it the same way when they need it. Like, come, come, come. They Dog overuse the it probably. Well, like, no, they probably like, they give it that tone. Come, come, come. Dog runs it's, on the road. It's not, and their, it's, it's not their trainer voice. Yeah, and then in the moment of necessity, oh my god, come out now! Yeah, and it's like all the, all the dog, the dog's like, oh, you were serious. Okay. Well, like n- you that. didn't use a serious voice up until now. But then that would be still thinking because if you went, oh, come here, compared to going, come. If you went, come, the dog, like if you did it in your the way that you've taught the behavior, you yeah. use that tone, inflection, timing, and like how you use the word, and then in the moment you need to come, it's not the same sound it may not create the same conditioned response because yeah. it's a different stimulus now. Yeah. So when Chili was in a dodgy situation and I'm like, oh, I want to get like freaked out. And I'm like, Ella, that's how I always call it. And he responded. And he's like, oh, I know. And didn't even like, yeah, I know what that is. 
He just does it. So um, for that to work, to have a proofed behavior that's reflexively conditioned, you really have to be mindful of how often you reward and how often you don't reward and in what context, how are you generalizing it? Have you overused it? Um, take some maintenance, you know, like there's no, you know, another thing that, that I've been thinking about is how many people that achieve one thing, let's say it's like it's, it's on their list for the last six months to achieve a thing. You achieve that thing and now it's on to the next goal that you want to achieve and then they kind of boycott the previous goal or like or, or thing that you were trying to achieve mm. because realizing, well, to achieve a new goal, a new behavior, a new whatever, I've got to maintain all the other ones. Mm. So if you want all the things, you have to then, okay, so for example, a, do, a, 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 a non-fit person goes to work and he's like, I want to be strong. So I go to the gym and then he goes to the gym, he becomes strong and fit and competent. And then it's like, cool, now I want to start that business. So now you have to be running your full-time job. Now you're working out. So now you're going to like stick on that show because you want to keep that as a thing to have in life. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you stop working out to run the business and then you go yep. back to being skinny or overweight. So then, and then you run the business like, oh, cool, now I want the family <laughs> and then I want the thing without, and then it's like, you've got to maintain all those other things. So when you have a behavior in your dog, yeah, I've got the recall. I stopped recall because I was teaching down. And it's like, no, you got to like top up the other one. You can't not use it anymore. It takes like, there's some commands that stay there. Um, but to have like real good, reliable commands, looking flashy, looking good intensity, you got to be maintaining it. Conditioning can can wear away because- it's like a battery, you know? It is so exactly like a battery. It, 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 it needs recharging. Now, in saying that, when I- walked into the public toilet the other day and someone was wearing Dunhill blue. Remember that cologne? <laughs> yeah. I, smelled, I was like, whoa. Now, if it was, I swear, if it was five years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, it'd be like <gasps> a full-on sure feeling. that was actually the cologne in there? Or was it a, you were smelling one of those cakes in the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was definitely Dunhill no, blue. No, everyone who wears that is going to be like, <laughs> message and be like, fuck you. <laughs> Um, I really liked it when I smelled it. I was like, oh, I missed that. But I missed it, but I, it wasn't like, oh, we're going out. Because I'd, use, I'd wear Dunhill Blue and I don't really wear cologne anymore. But um, but it was the one that I used to wear now. Yeah, like, I, 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 I neither do I. Maybe if we go out for dinner, I might put a bit on. For sure. Um, now, look, where are we going with this? Like, conditioning of, like, smelling a perfume and having a feeling, I, I do believe there's some conditioning there. It's just that if we're thinking about the application of a behavior that comes from it, it would be like, if we, if I spend enough time thinking about it, something can come from it. There's a behavior you do when you interact with a certain scent that creates it. Now we know like the best type of conditioning is smell tequila. If you've had a bad experience and you, mm. straight away, mm. you want to belch yeah. immediately. Um, so that creates the behavior. Now, if you wanted to be able to belch on command, then you you could use that. So that's where I'm thinking. I, I've been trying to be mindful of when I give examples of conditioning. I do want to have a behavior at the end of it. Thought, um, feeling, thought, behavior. So when um, so the power of conditioning in your dogs is, is is as I said before, not necessarily important, but like unavoidable. Just be mindful of what you're trying to condition. Make sure that the behaviors that you actually want. And hey, screw it. Make sure your dog's intelligent enough to understand. What um, 
Actually, in fact, I'll take that back. I was just trying to be cool and try to put the two topics into one kind of <laughs> um, conclusion, right? But um, but conditioning is not really about intelligence. The intelligence comes from the person who's doing the conditioning onto the other subject. The person who's being conditioned isn't any smarter or not smarter. He's um he's he he's just been conditioned to do mm. a behavior. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to be very smart to um actually in fact maybe 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 you're not that smart if you've been conditioned depends on what you want what you see what i mean what but is again, the outcome like, of it who, who gets to say what's smart or what's, what's smart because someone can smell the smell of rain coming and going we have to run because ours out because where we are now is at the bottom of a hill um and if that storm comes we know what happens at the bottom of this hill mm. compared to you know, if you smell the smell of rain and you're in drought, you're like hectic, amazing. Oh my God, I could cry because we're, we're going to have crops growing today. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yep. think about the person, the subject will be scientific, the subject that's exposed to a stimulus or in, in an environment. What is conditioning and intelligence to that individual? Don't think of it from your perspective and superimposing it onto the other. That can be a cool place to finish it. I reckon we leave it there, mate. Yes, sir. I probably got a dirty nappy waiting for me outside. So you go do the the duties. Welcome to the duties. club. Yeah, I got new duties in life. You know, that's so. it. You go um, fix the nappy. I'm going to go walk the pooches. And until next time, and it's very good to have a chat with you, bro. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's, we had, I had a sort of few weeks just to settle in. So so you should but, uh, good to be back. And the best. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. And we've got some. Some more episodes coming up. We're going to redo our puppies episode. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about mustard dogs and maybe some other cool stuff. So keep watch listening and, if you like watch, it. Watch the mustard dogs because I think the next time that me and you sit together, we're going to talk about that. So that'd be awesome. See you cool. guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training, my website, npdogtraining.com, or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, dot au. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at kizuna canine training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.